And as you're being seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, we are starting a new series this morning titled Juicy Fruits. It is actually a mini-series within our sermon series, our verse-by-verse study through the book of Galatians. And we actually have a small gift to bless you this morning. And so, uh, guys, if you want to come on down, and uh, we're going to allow you to do something new and unusual this morning. You're going to actually get a chance to take something out of the offering plate uh, instead of putting something in. We want you to take this small gift, take one, and then pass it down uh, to those who are around you. And as you receive this uh, pack of juicy fruit, we hope that it is a blessing uh, to you and for you. Every day that you see this pack of juicy fruit, that you hold this pack of juicy fruit, every day that if you just can't help yourself, you open this pack and chew the gum in this pack, It is my hope and prayer, my sincere hope and prayer, that God uses this little gift to remind you of the truth that he is going to share with you in this series. I hope and pray that maybe you set it on your dresser, maybe you put it in your vehicle, Maybe you just keep it in your pocket and take it in and out every day so that as you're going through the days, you happen to have your hand in your pocket or in your purse and you see it and you pick it up. You look at this and it reminds you, reminds you of the fruit of the Spirit that we're going to talk about. It reminds you of all that God is going to teach us in this new series. I'm excited about this series because God wants us to live the blessed life in Jesus. God helps us to live the blessed life in Jesus, and the fruit of the Spirit is the evidence that we are living the blessed life in Jesus. Jesus said in John 10.10, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Jesus came to earth in obedience to God, his Father's plan for his life. Jesus came to earth to rescue us from our sins by way of his perfect life, death, burial, and resurrection. He took our place on the cross, and he paid our price for sin. Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for you and for me. Faith in Jesus is the only way for us to enter into a relationship with God. We have new life, abundant life, eternal life with God by God's grace through faith in Jesus. The abundant, blessed life is ours in Jesus. However, as Christ followers, far too often we live stressed out, messed up, and overwhelmed by life. We live exhausted and disconnected from God by life's challenges and trials. We live afraid of and discouraged by life's challenges and trials. It's like the husband who called his wife as he was leaving work one day. He said, I'd like to eat out tonight. And she said, okay, there'll be a sandwich on the front porch for you when you get home. (laughs) That's not really the fruit of the Spirit. But it's a little indicative of 
how we live at times. Thankfully, we have received every blessing from God through Jesus. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and he helps us to live the blessed life in Jesus. And that, that is what we're going to be talking about here over these next weeks as we gather together in this new series in God's Word. So let's get into our passage this morning, Galatians chapter 5. I hope you're there. We're going to begin in verse 22. We left off last week as we finished through verse 21. So in verse 22, Paul wrote these words, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. We're going to look at a few points about this passage before we examine each juicy fruit in this package, in this passage that we see here. This, these points will encourage and guide us through our time together in the study of the fruit of the Spirit. These points are exciting, they're inspiring, they're a huge blessing to us and to those that God has placed around us. So let's begin, we're going to look at a few points about this passage. The first point, but the fruit of the Spirit is, means God is at work in us. It means God is at work in us. So we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. It points to the fact that God is at work in us. Paul told us about this in his greeting in Galatians. Look at Galatians chapter 1 real quick. Turn to your left. Galatians chapter 1. In his greeting, he wrote in verses 3 and 4, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Just like Paul and these believers, God has saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. God is also working in us. He's also sanctifying us by the power of his Holy Spirit in us. We do not save ourselves and we do not grow ourselves spiritually. God saves and sanctifies. We surrender. This is one of the reasons why Paul commanded us in chapter 5 to walk by the Spirit, which we're going to talk more about in just a few moments. The first point, but the fruit of the Spirit is, means God is at work in us. Now, I want to share two quick points about God's work in us. Two quick points. We won't stay long on these points. There's many more that we could mention, but I want to mention two in particular. Number one, God's work in us means trials for us. Understand this, Scripture makes this clear from cover to cover. God's work in us means trials for us. James said, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various different trials. Peter said, dear friends, do not be surprised by the painful trial, the fiery ordeal that comes to you to test you as if something strange or unusual were happening to you. Jesus said, you will be hated because of my name. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Paul said, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. God's work in us includes trials for us. Paul's trials included that we know just in our study of this passage, of this book of Galatians, Paul's trials included the false teachers continually undermining him, 
his message and ministry. The false teachers continually trying to lead these believers away from God to follow them. The unbelieving Jews following Paul in his ministry, trying to stop Paul from sharing the gospel, which included beating him physically, even trying to kill him. Paul's trials also included his own weakness of the flesh. As he shared in chapter 4 with us, he had a compromised physical condition, which Paul said was not just a trial for him, but as you remember our study in chapter 4, Paul said his compromised physical condition was also a trial for them the believers in these churches, as they received him and as they sought to to listen to him and to learn from him. God's work in us includes trials for us. So what does that mean for you and me today? It means this. If you are currently in a trial or a test of your faith, if you are facing difficult people or difficult circumstances at work, in school, in your family, in your relationships, then make yourself at home. Get comfortable. We understand. Because God's work in us includes trials for us. Second point, God's work in us includes trust from us. God wants us to trust him and his word in our trials. You know, our trust in God is tested in our trials from God. God wants us to trust him and his word in our trials. God wants us to trust him and believe that he is with us and he will never leave us, fail us, or forsake us. God wants us to trust him and believe that he will meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God wants us to trust him and believe that all things work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. God wants us to trust him and to believe that no one or nothing can separate us from God's love for us in Christ Jesus. God wants us to trust him and believe his grace is sufficient for us and his power is perfected in our weakness. God wants us to trust him and believe we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. God wants us to trust him and believe we can be strong in him and in his vast power. God wants us to trust him and believe he'll give us wisdom generously liberally without finding fault when we ask him God wants us to trust him and believe we can cast our cares on him because he does truly care for us God wants us to trust him and believe he is at work in us to will and to work according to his good purpose for us God wants us to trust him and to believe that he is carrying on his good work in us until completion until the day of Christ Jesus God wants us to trust him and believe that his plan for us is best for us God's work in us includes trust from us. Now, as we share often, we demonstrate our trust in God, our belief in God, our faith in God by our obedience to God. We demonstrate that trust as we continue to obey him at all times, but also specifically in those times of trials, challenges, difficulties, Tests of our faith that we know, according to the word of God, are from God for you and for me. So God is at work in us. The second point that we see, but the fruit of the Spirit is, means that God wants to use us for his purpose. 
He wants to use us for his purpose. Continuing down in chapter 1, as we've shared, Paul shared about this in his personal life. We're going to look at verses 15 and 16. Let me just read verse 13 and 14 for context. For you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism. I intensely persecuted God's church and tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries among my people because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors, Paul wrote. Then in verse 15, Paul wrote, but when God, say that with me out loud, but when God who from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by the grace, by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I could preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone. Paul shared here, God's not only working us, God wants to use us for his purpose. God's purpose for Paul was to transform Paul from a persecutor of Christ followers to a preacher to Christ followers. God doesn't work in us. I want you to know God's at work in you in these moments right here, right now. And he wants to use you according to his purpose for you, which is best for you, which is awesome. It's awesome for us to know this. Listen, God's purpose for each one of us is one and the same. It's to transform us into the likeness of Jesus. God's purpose is to make you and me more and more like Jesus. This is one of the reasons why Paul commanded us to walk by the Spirit. As we walk by the Spirit, God makes us more and more like Jesus. And God uses our trials and tests of faith in his work of making us more like Jesus. It's easy for us at times to forget God's good purpose for us or to become distracted from God's good purpose to us in our trials, challenges, difficulties, and tests of faith in life. It's easy for us to get distracted. That's why James said, consider it, my brothers and sisters, a great joy whenever you experience various trials Because the testing of your faith develops endurance. And endurance must do its full work. Let endurance have its full effect, James says. So that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. The purpose of God's trials for us is to mature us through God's trials. His purpose for trials is to mature us through trials. God wants to use our trials to grow us, not slow us, in our faith in Jesus. And so when we start talking about, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. When we start examining each individual fruit of the Spirit, we know, we know that we know that what the fruit of the Spirit signifies for you and for me, the overarching truth that it signifies is that God's at work in you. He's at work in me. He's at work in us. God wants to use us. His work is to use us according to his purpose for us. And his purpose is best, is to make us more like Jesus. So we understand then what Paul is saying is he's told us throughout this teaching in Galatians that we are free in Jesus. And that is true. We are free in Jesus, and in particular, as we look at this point, we are free in Jesus to stop asking why and to start asking what. We're free in Jesus to stop asking why and to start asking what. So often as Christ followers, we 
get caught up. Why God? 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 I don't like this, God. I don't like you, God. Why God? Why God? Why God? Why? 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 Well, we know Scripture tells us that God is sovereign. He's in control. His ways and thoughts are higher than our ways and thoughts. And as I'm sure you've learned, I know I've learned, quite honestly, God is not required to give us an answer to the questions why. We may never get the answer to one of our specific why questions. However, based on the Word of God, based on this teaching, based on what Paul is telling us, based on the fruit of the Spirit, we do know the ultimate answer to the question why, whatever that question why is, is simply this. God is transforming us in the likeness of Jesus. He's maturing us in our faith in Jesus. That's why. That's why this is happening. He's maturing us. He's making us more like Jesus. And so we are free to ask what instead of why. I would suggest that as we look at the fruit of the Spirit, what God wants us to move towards is simply just to begin asking him, what God? In the midst of the trials, in the midst of the tests of faith, in the midst of our challenges and difficulties, what God? What do you want me to do, God, in this circumstance? God, what do you want me to learn in this trial? God, what do you want me to learn in this test of my faith? God, what do you want me to learn in this challenge? What do you want me to learn in this difficulty? What do you want me to learn in this challenge at work, in my relationships? God, what do you want me to learn so that I might become more like Jesus? What do you want, God? What do you want? God, I know you're at work in me. God, I know you want to use me according to your purpose. God, I I know you want to produce fruit of the Spirit in my life. So God, what? What is it, God? What do you want from me today so that I may look more like Jesus than I did an hour ago, than I did this morning, than I did last night? God, I want to look more like Jesus because I know that's your purpose for me. And so Paul is reminding us of these glorious truths that encourage us, that help us, that keep us grounded in our faith. As we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we know God's working on us. We know he wants to use according to his purpose. The third point we see by the fruit of the Spirit is means we must walk by the Spirit. That's what it means. It means we must walk by the Spirit. Paul gave us this clear, concise command in chapter 5 and verse 16. It's clear. We can't miss it. We walk. We make progress spiritually by our surrender to, our dependence on, our obedience to the Holy Spirit who lives within us. He leads us and we follow every day, all through the day. He leads us and we follow in particular because there is a battle going on in each one of us. As we looked at last week, we're going to look at just for a few moments again this morning. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5 and verses 16 and 17, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. They are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. The battle that is raging inside you and inside me as followers of Jesus Christ is the battle between the Spirit and our flesh. Though we've been saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, we still battle with the sinful flesh. 
that wants to control us. The sinful flesh wants to take charge of you and me. Our thoughts, our minds, our feelings, our actions wants to lead us away from God and the truth of his word. We know that Paul said, I say then walk by the Spirit. He commanded us to walk by the Spirit so that you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. As we walk by the Spirit, we will not carry out the desire of the flesh because the Spirit always leads us to follow God. He always leads us to follow God. Paul said the Spirit is against the flesh, and the flesh is against the things of the Spirit. They're opposed to each other. So we understand the battle that goes on in us, and we understand what's happening. Satan wants us to walk by the flesh. Walking by the flesh leads to the works of the flesh, which Paul listed here in verses 19 through 21. God wants us to walk by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit leads to the fruit of the Spirit, which Paul listed in verses 22 and 23. And so we see this battle going on within us on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis. Paul warned these believers in these churches. Paul warned these believers. He said, those who practice such things, those who practice such things, that meaning the works of the flesh, listing the sins of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh in verses 19 through 21. Those who practice such things. Practice is in the the present tense, the active voice. He's saying, those who continually, daily, habitually, intentionally live a lifestyle of sin against God without any conviction from God in their lives, show, demonstrate by their actions that they do not have a relationship with God. Those who do not have a relationship with God, Paul said, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who do not have a relationship with God will spend eternity in hell separated from God because of their sin against God. Paul then told these believers, as Christ followers, we don't practice such things. Paul said it's different for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Meaning, we as followers of Jesus Christ do not live in continual, daily, habitual, intentional sin against God. Jesus has set us free from sin, Satan, death, and the law. And so we know as Christ followers, when we sin against God, when we give in to temptation, when we give in to our flesh, when we make the choice to live our way instead of God's way, when we sin against God, we're convicted by God because his Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. We know it. We confess our sins to God so that we can receive forgiveness from God so that we can return to walking by the Spirit and not the flesh. Obviously, he was sharing with these believers, you have turned away from God. You're following the false teachers. You're using your freedom in Christ as an opportunity for the flesh. He's trying to encourage them, get back. Get back. Get back to your faith and trust in Christ Jesus. And so we see we must walk by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit means... We must walk by the Spirit. So let's look at a few points about the fruit of the Spirit here. We'll go through these real quickly. We'll see these as we make our way through each individual fruit. Number one, the Spirit produces His fruit in us. 
The Spirit produces His fruit in us. This makes sense. Our flesh produces the works of the flesh. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit. We need to understand from the beginning, we can't produce and make the fruit of the Spirit by our efforts, by our strength and our wisdom. We, we can't produce the fruit of the Spirit in us. As we surrender to God, as we depend on God, as we walk in obedience to God, by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the one who's producing these fruit that we're going to study in us. Listen, the fruit of the Spirit is the evidence in and through our lives that we're being led by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence that is seen in and through our lives that we are being led by the Spirit. If what's happening and what's coming through your lives is similar to things that were mentioned in verses 19 through 21, then that means at the current state, you are being led by the flesh, not the Spirit. So we see the Spirit produces His fruit in us. Secondly, the Spirit restrains our flesh. The Spirit restrains our flesh. This point is often overlooked. I think this is a fantastic point of truth for us. It's often overlooked because we put so much focus on the fruit of the Spirit and how God produces His fruit in our lives, which is true, and it is great as well. But I think it's important for us to also understand the Holy Spirit is not just our fruit producer. The Holy Spirit is also our flesh restrainer. As we walk by the Spirit... The Holy Spirit restrains us from carrying out the desire of the flesh. The Holy Spirit restrains us from giving in to sin. As we walk by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit restrains our flesh, restrains us from giving in to sin because the Spirit desires what is against the flesh, and the Spirit of God who lives within us will always lead us to follow God and the truth of God's Word. That's why it's so important for us to walk by the Spirit. Because as we walk by the Spirit, not only is God going to produce his fruit in us, but he's also going to help restrain us from giving in to sin. Now listen, as we walk by the Spirit, we will not become sinless, but we will sin less. As we walk by the Spirit... We're not going to become sinless. That doesn't happen until we get to glory. But as we walk by the Spirit, we will sin less in our day-to-day lives. Why? Because we are walking by the Spirit. He's at work in us. The third point, the fruit of the Spirit points to our attitudes. Fruit of the Spirit points to our attitudes. Real quick clarification. The New Testament teaches us about the gifts of the Spirit that we receive from God. The New Testament also teaches us about the fruit of the Spirit that is produced in us by God. As many Bible scholars have said, the fruit of the Spirit points to our attitudes, the gifts of the Spirit points to our actions. Fruit of the Spirit points to our attitudes, what's going on in us. The gifts of the Spirit points to our actions, how we serve one another through love, how we flesh out the Word. 
Our attitudes set the stage. They open the way for our actions. Our attitudes in the Spirit set the stage. They open the way for our actions through the Spirit. In other words, the fruit of the Spirit fuels the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what fuels the gifts of the Spirit being seen through our lives. Fourth point, the fruit of the Spirit is to be seen through us. The fruit of the Spirit is to be seen through us. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit in us, which is to be seen through us as we walk by the Spirit. So as you and I walk by the Spirit day by day, the fruit of the Spirit will be produced in us and we don't always necessarily know and understand, ooh, that was some good gentleness that was just produced in me. We don't know it and experience it in that way, but as we walk by the Spirit, we know the fruit of the Spirit is being produced in us according to the truth of God's Word, and we believe what God said. We believe His Holy Spirit is working in us, and then that fruit of the Spirit will be seen through us by others around us, and here's the point. When others see the fruit in and through us, it draws them to God, not us, because the fruit is from God, not us. It's not from us. Now, others at times will see the fruit in us as they observe and watch us interact with all those around us. You see, it's in our daily walk, which is why it's so important to walk by the Spirit. It's so important to spend time with the Father all throughout the week. As our daily walk, as we are going through life, that those challenges and difficulties and trials and difficult circumstances, difficult people crash into our lives, and we don't always have a warning, and yet, as we're walking by the Spirit, when any of those things start coming in, we just continue to exhibit, and we just respond and continue to walk in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. And you see, that's what is so attractive to those around us who don't have a relationship with God because they look and they think, how on earth are they responding that way? What on earth is in them because it's not in me? I got to ask them, what's going on? How, how did you just do that? And at times that gives us just the opportunity to say, well, let me just share a little bit with you about how I do what I do and what's going on in me. And if there's anything good, it's all God. If there's anything that it, it's certainly me, and we get an opportunity to share. Now remember, this is an important point, remember the fruit of the Spirit is produced in us uh, in challenging situations. So let me just say right now, enjoy uh, as we begin. For example, the Holy Spirit produces love in us when we are put around people who are hard to love. It's easy to love those who love us. Easy. But if we really want to have this love that we're going to talk about next Sunday produced in us, oh, the Holy Spirit produces love in us by putting us in some relationships, by putting us around folks who are hard to love because that's when we have to rely and walk by the Spirit so that we can respond to them God's way. If God is wanting to produce kindness in us, he's going to put us around folks who are unkind to us. If God wants to develop gentleness, he's going to put us around folks who are harsh, who struggle with anger, who are aggressive, who come at us. 
gentle answer. What does Solomon say? Turns away wrath and anger. I love this one. God wants to develop patience in us. You know as well as I do. Hold on tight. You're going to wait and 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 wait. Nothing's going to change. You're going to just keep waiting for that person to change or this to change or that circumstance to change. We're waiting and waiting and waiting. Okay, God, I, I see. I see, God. I see. I see what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. You see, because it's in those times that we've got to walk by the Spirit. Because it's in those very times when all those things are coming against us that our flesh rages and wants to respond. That's why Paul said, hey, if you walk by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will restrain your flesh. He'll produce that fruit, instead of your flesh responding, it'll be his fruit. It'll be his fruit. And then the fifth point we see is that we glorify God as we bear much fruit. We glorify God. Jesus told us in John 15 and verse 8, he said this, My Father is glorified by this. This is important. That you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. We glorify God. We praise God as we bear much fruit. Bear, not produce, is the much preferred translation of the verb Pharaoh here in John 15. Fruit points to God's work in us. Fruit points to God's power through us. Fruit points to God's leadership of us. Fruit leads to more fruit being produced in us. Love leads to more love being produced. Patience leads to more patience being produced. Joy leads to more joy being produced. In a very general sense, we also know as we bear much fruit, we, we glorify God. Fruit also, in a general sense, according to the truth of Scripture, includes helping others come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus because God's great commission to us is to go and make disciples of all nations. And so we know this is included as well. The fruit of the Spirit is the supernatural work of God in and through our lives. Now, the fourth point that we see, we know we got to walk by the Spirit. The fourth point, by the fruit of the Spirit is, means that God is not through with us. And this may be the most encouraging point yet. God's not through with us. This is great news for you and for me. Remember here in chapter 5, Paul told these believers, you were running well. You were running well, he said in verse 7. He said, then who cut in on you? Who got in your way spiritually? You were doing so well. You were seeking the Lord. You were growing in the Lord. You were living for the Lord. You were running well. Who got in your way? The obvious answer is we discussed in that passage in our study. It's the false teachers. False teachers got in the way. They started leading these believers away from God. So Paul here reminded these believers, do not use your freedom in Jesus as an opportunity for the flesh, as he said in verse 13. He said, do not use your freedom in Jesus as the freedom to sin. Instead, use your freedom in Jesus to walk by the Spirit. He's saying, turn back to God. Confess your sins to God. Walk by the Spirit. Begin serving and loving one another again through love. He was calling these believers back their faith and trust in Christ Jesus. And we can rejoice this morning that God's not through with us yet. Amen? 
I hope that's encouraging to you because that is super encouraging to me. God is not through with me. It's even more encouraging to Kim, my wife, than it is to me. It's her prayer every day. I keep working in him. Don't give up on him. God's not through with me and he's not through with you. So as we walk by the Spirit, what does it mean? It means that we must make sure that we're running well. It means we must make sure that no one or nothing has cut in on us, that has gotten in the way of us spiritually. And if, in fact, there is someone or something that has, then we must, like Paul was telling these believers, we must confess it to God. And we must focus in on our surrender to God and renew that surrender to him so that we can walk by the Spirit and not the flesh. You know, the testimony of each one of us is simply this. I may not be where God wants me to be. Praise God, I'm not where I used to be. I am where I am by the grace of God at work in me. And I rejoice in that. I'm not where I want to be yet. But I'm so thankful I'm not where I used to be. And I know that I know that I know that I am where I am by the grace of God at work in me. And you have that same testimony as my brother and sister in Christ Jesus. God's not through with us yet. He's not through. So let's walk by the Spirit, not the flesh. I want you to see another point here real quick. Notice works of the flesh is plural. Fruit is singular. Notice works of the flesh is plural. Fruit is singular. Works is what we produce. Fruit is what God produces. Fruit is singular, which speaks to the unity of the fruit of the Spirit. This means fruit being singular means the fruit grow and go together in and through us. As many pastors and Bible scholars have said before, think of the fruit of the Spirit in this way, as a cluster of grapes that are attached to one branch. As a beautiful bouquet of nine different flowers that are all intertwined together to present a beautiful picture. This means that we don't get up on a daily basis and say, okay, God, I'm going to work on love this week. Next week, I'm going to work on joy. And God, I'm just going to skip patience because I don't have any at all. And then in November, God, I'm going to, I'm going to try to work on gentleness because I'm going to be around a lot of family. And so I'm going to need to have, have gentleness. That doesn't, doesn't work that way. Listen, we may, we may struggle more with one fruit or a couple fruit more than others. But what God wants us to understand is they grow and go together in us by His power as we walk by the Spirit. We have them all. All nine are in you and all nine are in me. God's working, producing all nine in you, and he's working, producing all nine in me. So listen, walking by the Spirit doesn't mean try harder, be better, do more. 
walking by the Spirit just simply means surrender to God. Depend on God. Walk in obedience to God by His power at work in us. As we walk by the Spirit, we display the fruit of the Spirit for all to see. Remember, but the fruit of the Spirit is is in the present tense. This means God is at work in us today. This means God wants to use us today. This means God is fulfilling his purpose in you and me today. This means God wants us to serve one another through love today. God wants us to fulfill the law of love today. God wants us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves today. God wants us to bless one another today. God wants us to comfort one another today. God wants us to encourage one another today. God wants us to forgive one another today. God wants us to give generously to one another today. God wants us to help one another today. God wants us to live in unity with one another today. God wants us to look to one another's interests today. God wants us to love one another today. God wants us to minister to one another today. God wants us to pray with and for one another today. God wants us to serve one another today. God did not save us to sit, sulk, soak, or stray. God saved us to walk by His Spirit. To walk by His Spirit. So that we might become more like Jesus. So that we might be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus to all those God places around us, beginning with those who are closest to us. fruit of the Spirit speaks to our unity with God in Christ Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit, think about it, it speaks to the unity between us and God because He's working in us so that it can be seen through us. But listen, the fruit of the Spirit also speaks to our unity in the family of God. The fruit of the Spirit speaks to our unity as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God wants to use us to encourage one another, to love one another, to help one another walk by the Spirit so that this fruit of the Spirit will continue to be produced in each one of us. So it will be seen through us so that we might be a blessing to one another and all those God places around us. So let's walk by the Spirit this morning. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team's coming to lead us in this time of response to the Father. This invitation, it's, it's our response time to God. God's spoken to us. He wants us now to respond to Him. And as we've shared, we, we're called and encouraged to respond in obedience to Him. So if the altar is open, as it always is for you to come and kneel and do business with the Father. Our pastors will be standing here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. If you're in one of those trials and you need prayer, that someone would just pray over you, pray with you, pray for you to continue walking by the Spirit, that's what we would love to do. We're family. We encourage one another. We help one another. We bless one another. And then we're going to bring a brother or sister in Christ up and just pray with one another for one another. That's the way in which we walk by the Spirit. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, then why not today? Why not right here? Why not right now? Say yes to Jesus as we've shared the gospel this morning. Jesus 
took our place on the cross. He paid our price for sin. He shed his blood. He died on the cross of Calvary. He was buried in the tomb. And on the third day, he rose again, victorious over sin and death for you and me. And we enter a relationship with God. We receive forgiveness of sin from God. We enter a relationship with God based on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, not on any work that we can do. It's all based on Jesus. And this gift has been given to us by God. And what God wants is us to simply receive the gift of salvation by placing our faith in Jesus. We'd love to help you make that decision. You can, right there where you're seated, cry out to the Father and just confess your sins to God. Share that you believe that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. That you believe Jesus is your Savior, the Savior that he took your place on the cross and paid your price for sin, that he died, he was buried, he rose again, he's alive today, and you want a relationship with him, and you can just cry out and ask God to forgive you, save you, change you from the inside out, and he'll do it. And you will begin walking by his spirit this morning. God is speaking. Let's stand and let's respond to him in worship.